A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks. I'm once again um, at the Clock Tower Pub at an Inwards reading tonight to talk to Sarah McDonnell, who's got a uh, chapbook, The Lithium Body, coming out with Inwards. So I am alone. My co-host is busy helping with the organization, so uh, that's what we're doing. So I'm going to start by uh, saying welcome. Welcome, Sarah, to the Small Machine Talks. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be sitting at your table, away from all the scary things that are happening in preparation for this launch. <laughs> it's already getting busy. I'm just going to start with a little um, a little bio, the latest bio. Sarah McDonnell is still unsure as to how she got here, mm-hmm. meaning the Clock Tower Pub or somewhere more just, profound. No, Ottawa. Ottawa. A Montreal-born Canadian-American baker, poet, currently residing in Ottawa, she has enjoyed homes in Cape Breton, Toronto, California, and Connecticut. Her most recent publications include Ottawater and Bywords.ca. Sarah has featured at Sawdust and will be performing at Slackline this April and also she'll be reading tonight right here at Inwards. So the, the chapel that's being launched is called The Lithium Body. Can you describe it? Yes. Uh, I feel like it's been such a process um, and it's still so fresh for me so it's kind of hard for me to talk about. But basically it started with a visual collaboration with my friend Evie who's here and we were kind of thinking about ways that these geological uh, we were kind of like envisioning these different geological bodies kind of to um, be accountable for the drought that was happening. Uh, it kind of was a response to that to like try to think about these geologies and like changes from and like changes in in nature is like being in company in like these 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 giant beings but then also like on a smaller level how like these geologies like in uh, infiltrate like the personal and the bodily um, and then I kind of became interested in lithium um, for personal and like family reasons um, and then also just as like an element I mean some of the science and stuff like I read about lithium it just was like too hard not to turn it into poetry like my job was almost like too easy um, just the way that like that language is is uh, is worded so I kind of used it so it kind of became this thinking ways to think about um, lithium and like family history and geology and language and all of these things that I'm sure I'm not sounding very eloquent right now but you know it sounds good I love it when unusual juxtapositions like that come together and it does make for a lot of really good poetry too so how did you find the process of putting the chapbook together and getting it ready for publication it's not your first chapbook right you did another this one? is my well I did another one but I kind of did it all so this and, right. and distributed it yeah, yeah. Um, so this was the first time that I got to work really intensely with an editor and with Aaron and that was really great Aaron has a really key uh, ear for sound so he challenged me in a lot of ways he was very quick to point out my adjective adjective noun trend um, oh, that's, yeah that's always tricky right yeah. <laughs> we all do it yeah he was like no um, so that was really helpful um, and then it was also fun to like 
to be to be with another person as the project developed um, I'd never like had someone like working beside me for so long except for Evie um, so that was it was fun um, it was good yeah. AM Kozak has just dropped off a copy of Ian Martin's chapbook which is something I need for another interview later so thank you thank you to Aaron for that that's great okay so in the poem you use your own name at one point and you also refer to directly to this poem it's very clearly a personal and autobiographical poem what made you decide to write and share the poem that, that, the personal side of, of the poem I think that there are definitely personal elements to yeah. it um, I think that like when I say Sarah it's more like a performative thing than necessarily like me um, for me the for me poems kind of become like a safer space to like think about things so like I wouldn't say that all of it or most of it even is autobiographical it's kind of like this stage like a space to think about things so that yeah. like the people kind of become like these weird characters um, and I felt like uh, weirdly responsible not weirdly responsible probably like the right amount of responsible for their representation and became like very self-conscious of um, that representation being, being honest which is interesting because it's a character yeah. it's no longer even the person That's it. but I felt this weird discomfort which is kind of where the meta pieces came up is because I was thinking about well how do you ask permission to write about somebody who doesn't exist that's like your own playing imagination um, oh, yes. okay. so that was kind of that uh, idea were, were you, was your reading at Sawdust the first time you shared the poem publicly? outside of a university setting yeah, oh, yeah. how did you find uh, reading that uh, to an audience for the outside I was I was nervous um, I yes I was nervous but so the the people who run Sawdust are so welcoming. Yeah, it's a very welcoming space. Yeah. As is this one, too. Yeah. So I was super nervous and worried, but I don't know, Jennifer greeted me and she's all smiles and, yeah. and just so supportive. Um, and then I talked to Natalie and Liam and I don't know, all of them just made me feel very comfortable to read it, which was really That's nice. Great. There's, I don't know if you've ever heard of this book by uh, uh, Ottawa writer Brecken Hancock. It's Room Room. It's really good. It's by, it's, it was published by Coach House in 2014. But she's talking about, well, she, she writes all kinds of interesting uh, poetry, but uh, the thread about it is uh, her mother's extended illness and death from uh, dementia. So that was, um, uh, and she has a great essay all about writing confessional poetry. And, you know, it's kind of, nowadays, it's, it's kind of taboo, sort of a taboo word, but, you know, because before it was very popular, but uh, she feels that it's something that, uh, uh, one should be able to write about it and it helps and yeah I think she talked about putting it on that level too so yeah. that's a cool thing. Um, so I was interested too, this, this uh, chapbook is basically a long poem or a series of poem sequence, uh, sort of a se sequence poem. So what uh, caused you to choose that form for your... Um, I like the long poem because you can contradict yourself and be like, no, that's wrong, I need to go back to that um, and kind of expand and, and shrink as well. Um, it just feels like a constant revision and then you can see that process. Yeah. Um, 
for, but for me, I've been writing in the long poem form for two years now, so it feels like the way I think. Really? I, I write long poems too, long poems and poem sequences mostly. Why do you write them? Um, hey. I just I just tend to think um, that way. Also, I've been influenced by other writers, so mm-hmm. uh, Robert Proch and um, oh, lots of different lots of different writers. Uh, my my friend Sandra Ridley also writes in the long poem or poem sequence. So yeah, I love her. What, what about you? Were there any influences that made you? Uh, well, my main mentor, Brent Armendinger, uh, writes long poems ish, but he encouraged us very early on to kind of keep. Um, keep uh, keep con- keep questioning yourself and like yeah. if if a poem's not done to kind of like negate what it said and that kind of led to the long poem um, I also really like Brenda Hillman's work who oh, kind of yeah. does longer things um, and then I was reading for a while I got really into um, Badu Badu what's her name uh, I don't remember the name. It happens. Usually, Sorry, I'm like nervous and usually, can't think. Well, usually with Aaron and I, when we when we're doing the podcast, we remember two pe- people's names and forget the third. Yeah. So it's usually that. So it's, you know, I think that was the third name. So that's it's the same. It's the same. It's the podcast curse. The third. <laughs> no, nothing to be nervous about. We're all we're all. Uh, I'm not drinking alcohol, but you know, with help. Yeah, I was. I for me too with the with the long poem. One of the things I find is that I don't um, do very well with just one-off poems. Yeah. I don't feel like it's done somehow, so I'm always, I like to work, I just seem to always work on a series or a long poem. I've written 60-page poems. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I like the idea of writing the anti-epic, you know, kind of cool. engaging with the epic in that way. So, um, so many epics were written by men, it feels like a fun idea to write. Uh, right. Sort of, so, uh, do you, I was, it's not really on here, but uh, do you, are you working on another, uh, anything more right now or are you yes I just started this new project uh, thinking about like performance of gender as a peer in sounds in sex and grief wow that sounds interesting and I'm going to read that tonight oh good good that sounds good yeah are, so are you reading from the lithium body tonight or just maybe a bit or are you yes I'm going to read a lot of it I'm ready to be done with it though. yeah that's it I'm going to read it and then retire it for a little bit you think unless you get invited I also noticed that you're in the latest autumn water I'm also in that as yeah, well. are you going to the Saturday yes, reading? Saturday yes. Saturday okay, great. Uh, it might be that this podcast, this episode comes out after that reading, but it's on January twenty eighth, and it's at the Carlton Tavern, and uh, it's issue number thirteen. A.M. Kozak is also in the issue, along with a lot of other people that we we know. So another question about the thing you use the U form. Um, at one point, you explained that it isn't the U of consequence. I thought that was a really interesting way of putting it. What 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 is that uh, from? What did you think of? When you, the U of consequence. That line was that line was originally. Um, this is not the U of poetry. This is the U of consequence. Oh, so now, but now it is not the U of consequence. <laughs> yeah, but. This isn't the U of no. This this is the U. Sorry, I read that. I said that wrong. It was this is not. This is the U of poetry. This isn't the U of consequence. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and then we ended up cutting that first part out. Right. Um, but yeah, I think for me that line is kind of like interrogating the the characters again and. Um, 
and acknowledging that they are kind of like this weird like play imaginary thing and there's this weird like dictatorship that's happening in my head where I get to control all of these people um, and and that's weird and complicated but then also very healing because I get to just like play out these fantasies which when you like kind of explain that you sound despotic and like crazy and insane and evil. You sound like a writer. Yes. <laughs> but that's kind of what I was interested in. I don't know, I really I really like meta things and maybe get a little carried away with it sometimes. <laughs> what other are are you um, reading any any interesting poetry these days? It's not on here either, but I ran out of questions so I'm asking. <laughs> Um, let me think, what am I reading right now? Um, well, I'm reading C.A. Conrad's Eco-Deviance, which I really like. Um, they talk about these different, like, it's interesting because they start by talking about these different rituals that they do to kind of craft the poem. Yes, yes, somatic. Yeah, yeah cool. somatic yeah. rituals. And they're just as poetic as the poems, and I kind yeah. of want to, like, reenact them myself. myself. Um, so I'm reading them. Um, I was reading uh, She Tries Her Tongue, um, which is incredible. Who is that? I don't know. I, don't, I wish I wrote down names, but it's I... Okay, well, well, I can look it up later and put up links. That's, that's my specialty. These yeah. Days, but, uh, the, uh, there's, a, there's a symposium happening in Montreal in February. No, with Ariana Rhymes. Yeah, yeah, I love her. A cult, a cult, a cultist, what do they call it? A cultist poetics or something? I don't know. Something like, I'm, I'm getting the name wrong, but it's... Um, that sounds like there's a whole bunch of people coming. Like, I know. Um, uh, Damien Rogers is another writer coming. Jessica Bebenek, who I know, I believe that she might be there. She does stuff with the uh, tarot. So, uh -huh. yeah, there's a lot. Of, it sounds kind of fun. So, yeah, that's, that's good. So, let's see what. Um, okay, I, I, the other question I have for you about the chapbook is I was, you have footnotes, and I was expecting the footnotes to be more sort of an explanation of some of the scientific language. And then instead of that, they were more like, Poetic aside, like, yeah. So what is that? What is that? What the role of those is? Do you think like what made you decide to do footnotes for this little extra little bit of? Um, yeah, I think that's a good reading um, because I was using. Yeah, again, it's that scientific language. So for me, the science, the scientific language is kind of like when intimacy fails or is unavailable, mm -hmm. um, and like replacing that with this science. But then there's this intimacy in that science. Um, so for me, it was kind of like a an, my own definition of like what that science meant. For, for the poem, um, but the asides, yeah, I think that's a good that's a good reading. It's like uh, you know when you're reading a play or something, and you suddenly have someone talking like to the audience. But yeah. Not, like, you know, I have you ever, I've sometimes played with choruses too in poems as well, like, like the Greek chorus idea. You know, yeah. So like this different voice that comes in. Yeah, there's a lot you can do like with different voices and stuff. Do you have other people perform that? I haven't I haven't done that so far, but it's been something that I've, I've liked. Oh, maybe I did. With one poem actually a long time ago. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and I also just like the way it looks visually. Um, I like. I've gotten a lot of uh, critique of like it disrupts the poem, but I actually really like that disruption yeah. of having to like of, of being unsure of where to read. Um, Chris Turnbull is yes, yes. She does a lot with like visual poem and like installation things, yeah. and I love that discomfort of when you can't figure out which part you're supposed to read first. It's like yeah. You're always creating meaning between reader and writer, but then like that just kind of forces a, I don't know, 
intimacy maybe I don't know yeah and it's also I think it's not like the sort of the way things go on at the same time is the way we live life we don't really have we're having a conversation but in the background there are all kinds of people walking around and saying hello and I'm really happy I don't see any of them I'm facing the leather wall and pretending I'm not nervous (laughs) yeah well this is a just I don't think I would agree to do an interview before reading if I were reading but that's (laughs) let's see if there's anything else I can uh, ask you about uh, about oh yeah I was going to ask you about your collaboration so the work was a collaboration with um, a friend and artist Evie what's her last name Evie Borkin Evie Borkin yeah she's what was that like well, she's like one of she's my best friend, and also um, and also we've done a lot of work together in the past, and we live together. Um, and I've done a lot of my writing in her bedroom. A lot of the Lithium Body Project comes from sitting in her bedroom while she is drawing, and I um, and I am writing. Uh, but I really like her work. She she uses she's she uses a lot of uh, different kinds of materials. So a lot of the the Lithium Body pieces that she bought brought today are, are done with salt water to like kind of wow. mimic that those uh, salt brine lithium brine pools that happen in the creation of lithium um, that sounds great yeah sounds great but she's super talented and you should check out her website oh we also printed these tiny little postcards for sale oh, good, um, good. but you can also take one probably if you want. Well, well we'll make sure to put her site up on the on the um, small machine talks well it's on the angel house press website website for now and uh, we'll have the interview up do you have any other things you want to say before you you, you dive into your uh, your the microphone into the crowds? <laughs> wish me, I don't know. I'm nervous. <laughs> well, we, we wish Sarah good luck, and by the time this, in, this episode is posted, this reading will be over. Yes, will be a big relief. That that will be a relief. Thank you very much for this very quick interview. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. Machine Talks with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak.